You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network. Welcome to Popular Nobody. We don't care if you're famous. Just make sure what you create is fly as fuck. What is this? People ask me all the time, I say, man, you make some money, you gonna change? You got that right, I'm gonna change. <laughs> Fuck, I'm stand right here for shit. Hey, hey, I'm gonna do the right thing. You the type of nigga I can't stand no more. You don't even hoop with your man no more, shit. You don't like my pictures on the gram no more. You know what? My nigga, you change. You don't hang out no more. Yeah. You don't never want to link with them bros. We used to hit on the low. You changed. I remember the crazy shit we used to do, and now you acting brand new. Feel like I don't see you in the hood no more. Used to struggle like we do, we knew. From the beginning, as soon as you blow. Now we want to go see you. We helped feed you way before you left home. You talk about Riley, fuck you. You can't rap about the ghetto. But I bring in your people. Oh, you think you so poppin', nigga? You so poppin'. Yeah, yeah. Well, where the money at? Cause you do stay shopping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you claim the south side, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. But we went to school with you, nigga. You ain't so body body. Yeah, yeah. Your jeans got a little tighter. Don't think that we hatin', dawg. But on pursuit to happiness, don't start dressing like. Like Jaden, dog. I mean, where the fuck the album at? Niggas been waiting, dog. That Dre shit you did was aight, but don't think that you made it, dog. I remember when you said you would bring me out to fuck with you with the war shows and shit. He said call you when I buy the tickets, knowing I can't afford those shit. Nigga, you don't even answer your phone, and I know that it hurt when I ask. We your fam, you don't love us no more. My nigga, you changed. You don't hang out no more. Yeah. You don't never wanna link with them bros. We used to hit on the low. You changed. I remember the crazy shit we used to do. Brand new, yeah. Now you acting brand new. Welcome to now you acting brand new, nigga. Yeah, you acting brand new. Yeah. All the pain when you bring brand it up. New. Some days I don't blame you. Brand new. They say you change, I think change Some days I don't blame you. All the fuck up. Shit. I ain't changed, I grew, my nigga. What's so fucking wrong with learning something new, my nigga? You shake my hand different when I'm coming through, my nigga. If anybody changed, honestly, it might be you, my nigga. You the one who won't put your fucking hand out and dab me up, nigga. And I gotta overcompensate just to make you feel 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Popular Nobody, episode 10. Appreciate everybody's patience. I've been in the mix, mixing my new project, working and producing other people's projects, and I really wanted to kind of take take the time to step back and kind of scale, scale back the show, kind of reformat some things. So you're going to be hearing some changes, seeing some changes over these next couple episodes. Uh, They are all for the better. Much respect to Concept 714, Wake the Flock Up Network, and all the other podcasts on that network. I've got a artist by the name of Burnell Washburn. He is from Salt Lake City, Utah. I thought it would be dope to sit down, have a conversation with him and... There's still a lot of areas in the, around the country that haven't been put on the map that have uh, thriving scenes, emerging scenes, and I am excited for you guys to hear this interview with Burnell Washburn. This is Popular Nobody, episode 10. Let's go. How's everything going with you? Oh, great, man. How are you feeling? I'm good, man. Life is good, man. It's a pleasure to have you on the phone. Um, I met you, man, I don't even know. At this point, I think I met you, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago. Um, I, I paid attention to your, your hustle and your drive, man. And uh, at the time when I met you, you were hella young, but like had like kind of like the presence of, of somebody who had been doing it for a while. Um, for, the, for the listeners out there, what city, uh, like where were you born and, and, and raised and, and what city are you coming from? Well, first off, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you uh, having me on the podcast and everything. It's a, definitely no an honor with everyone that you've uh, been interviewing and working with, so I'm honored to be a part of this. But yeah, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, land of the Mormons, and uh, yeah, I've uh, mostly lived here my whole life. I lived up in Seattle, Washington for a few years, but uh Pretty much started doing music in Salt Lake and mostly born and raised here. You know, one thing I find is I think travel is the best educator. You know, people always have, you know, you can name a city and people will have like their first, you know, just naturally. You're going to have your like your first thought that's attached to that. I mean, right. that's, I think that's right. the way it is with anything. So when people bring up Salt Lake City... You know, I think like the first thing is is the whole Mormon thing. You know, kind of like the way yep. you addressed it. <laughs> yeah, w- w- what I love about the city, man, is there's just a really good music scene. At least from my, you know, from the outside perspective, it wasn't entering some, you know, some other world where Mormons rule everything. I think a lot of people have a have connotations with it being like predominantly all Mormon and everything, and. I think that may be the case for the whole state as a whole, but as far as Salt Lake City, it's um, it's there's a lot of counterculture, you know, like the religious oppression creates an equal counterculture, and um, I think that's partially responsible for the reason that there is a lot of creative people here. Um, there's actually a pretty decent music scene beyond uh, what people might expect and uh, lately you know it's been mostly electronic music and hip-hop that's starting to take off around here but we have a lot of talent you know a lot of diverse talent all across the board and you know it definitely doesn't get um 
recognized on the level because there's a lot of people that haven't necessarily gotten their names out there super hard yet from here and the ones that have have uh often like moved away like there's actually some pretty big artists uh that got their start here that don't claim utah or they don't claim salt lake as where they're from or anything like that and um that is, I agree. That's one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. And I think you said it best. I mean, I think, you know, it creates a counterculture. I think, like, really dope art is it's where it's needed. You know, yep. I think sometimes there can be a misconception that, like, <clears throat> New York and L.A. is just where all the art is. I think New York and L.A. is really good at marketing and packaging art. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I... There's there's absolutely um, no truth in the the thing where it's like well L A automatically has a better scene than Salt Lake City or than Boise Idaho I mean they're all uh, different I yeah, don't know from I, my from I, my experience too I feel like the uh, the smaller markets kind of appreciate art and in it more and less which is it's weird to say but they. Uh, They'll appreciate touring acts coming to their towns if they live in a small town because there's more to do. You know, there's not a not a whole lot going on in some of these small towns. So when art and music is around, they they tend to appreciate it a lot. Whereas the bigger cities like L.A. or New York, you know, there's so many people doing art that you don't really stand out just because you're making it. You have to actually there you go. Be, yeah. be really good. Um, but I think it's a, it's a double-edged sword because I think... From my experiences, what I've seen in places like L.A. and New York and even even places like Minneapolis or Austin, Texas and other cities, Seattle is one of them. Um, I think there's so much talent there that it actually drives up the talent in certain ways because there's more competition. You have to be more original and unique to stand out. You have to you have to be really sure. skilled, like to get respect and in some of these cities you know what i mean whereas like some of the smaller towns if there's if you're like one of the only rappers or something like that in a small little town then people might just appreciate the fact that there's someone doing it whereas la you're just another another person you know trying to get it so you have to step your game up in order to shine you know i hadn't even thought about like that that's an awesome perspective i think that's that's very true um let's play like some of your some of your earlier music and we will uh We'll come back. This is Popular Nobody Podcast. My name is Ariana. We are with Bernal Washburn. We'll be back. Welcome to Popular Nobody. Brothers from another planet. Popular Nobody. Another mother. Let's turn this up loud, y'all. Yeah. This is Off the Radar featuring Abstract Root by Bernal Washburn. Let's go. I do things my way. My way. There's more like there's a whole lot more like me. Fly below the radar. Though we're from different places. I've had those thoughts before. As kids, we must have seemed like greasers. Kick flipping six stairs outside of Little Caesars. Did our research, learn how to drop tracks. Kick to the curb on the grind with hot wax. Staying true like I'm under age top hat. Rocky Mountain High on top of the Wasatch. Want that? Grab it. Simple as that, but it's not automatic. Gotta give it all you have. Told me I gotta stay out of trouble Cause the damn police will try to shake my hustle Fight for life, every day is a rumble Holding these mics like they shake my muscles Rates rise double, depending on where you go Raised in the rubble, now these types are in the stereo 
hop for showing me around the world to relate. Black sheep tread the darkly. Viewpoints to fight for. Outcast in the shadows. Like needs one million more. Same frequency and playlist. We're down here off the radar. Though we're from different places. I've had those talks before. It's the same movement, raised on crush groove, but inspired by the West Coast gangster music. Me and my main lunatics, some got their hammers and they bang bang with the nickel plated toolkit. Most faded in school kit, chronic, I was able to move it. My temper, I was able to lose it. Where we fight for status and the rites of passage. And your life is challenged on a nightly average. Keep running high from that, so you like the cabbage. Embrace the fact that we might do battle. I burn L's when I'm backed against the W-A-L-L. I'm like a tagger by the third rail. You heard tales of a young ad rizzle doing herb sales. But you ain't following his dirt trail. What we do is tooth, nail, and gristle. Keep it true and leave you all of the bells and whistles. Move in the shadows. in the dark leaves. Viewpoints to fight for. Outcast in the shadows. Like this one million more. Dance to this music. We're down here off the Places. I've had those thoughts before. I got the whole world in my hands, but the West Coast in my headphones. Respect shown for those who pave step stones. This is the place in my state. They say, heck no, no techno. I was blown on death row, and I progress my flow in the project below. Oh no, am I not supposed to say that? Indie backpackers can't play gangster rap. It ain't that I've been through the same struggle, but I can relate to the daily hustle. Wherever you're from, yo, that's Peeps making trouble and this lake ain't a bubble Even I've seen guns pulled young, old I'll tell you what the sitch is Shoveled up the noses of Mormons and rich kids It's a business, mind your own And let the kids unite through the microphone Sing it. My family tree dies Welcome to Popular Nobody I do things my way There's more like me Universal Once again, this is Popular Nobody. Let's get back to this interview with Burnell Washburn. Everybody messing around and this and that. They, you know, they're just obviously doing it to have fun. And, you know, you keep having fun. But what was the, what made you say, hey, I want to make a project? And, and what was the process of that? Was this something that you kind of did on your own? Or did you take it to another studio? Or what was sure. that awakening about? Sure, yeah. Um, so basically, I mean, I wanted to make music my whole life. Like, as a little kid, anytime I saw an instrument or anything, I just, like, had, like, such a strong desire to want to play it. Um, every time, But every time I tried to touch one, whether I was, like, at my grandma's house and tried to play her piano or, uh, you know, we'd go to a friend's house that had, like, an acu- their dad's guitar or something like that, I would try to play it, but... Uh, I was so terrible at it, like, people would just be like, yo, put that down, stop, you know, and, um, but I, like, wanted to so bad, it was just, like, super intriguing to me for some reason, and every time I tried to pick up an instrument, it was just, like, it was a struggle for me, like, I remember trying to reach my fingers around the guitar fretboard, and it was just, like, such a struggle, and I was just like, I don't know how people do this, and piano, like, seemed a lot more, like, complex, like, I thought I, you know, needed to take lessons for years because some of the other people that I anyone that I knew that was like decent at it had been taking lessons since they were like a little kid and um, growing up in like you know predominantly Mormon area like most Mormons learn how to play piano 
at a young age and it's pretty much just like a thing that they all have pianos in their houses and uh, my friends that were into music it wasn't that many of them because um, I was mostly just into skateboarding and snowboarding and you know most of them didn't really play music or anything but the few that did you know had so much more talent than me like in more background and knowledge and stuff so I just felt like I there was no point in me even really trying and um, I remember going to my friend's house one day who had like a little band and it was like the first time I'd seen like any friends of mine actually playing real music or anything like that and it was like wow this is so cool I wanted to play with them super bad and like my friend was super nice and he's like yeah you can hop on the drums and you know, I could keep a beat to save my life he's like here try hopping on the keyboard and I couldn't play anything in, in key with what they were playing and I didn't know the notes or anything like I do now so it was a struggle for me and then basically the only way that I could jam with these guys without completely disrupting the noise they were making and annoying everybody was for me to uh, just get on the mic but I couldn't sing you know what I mean like I didn't really, I couldn't really carry a tune so rapping was basically the only form of music that I could do without being completely annoying <laughs> that my friends would tolerate me doing so I kind of like started messing around on the mic and um, I'd always kind of taken an interest in creative writing and poetry and stuff like that when I was younger I, I wanted to be like a magazine article writer for like a skate magazine or something so I was kind of always creative and had like a knack for writing but I was just messing around freestyling on the mic with my friends and uh, turned into like turned into more of a comical thing for a while like we were just messing around freestyling to make each other laugh and stuff and then after like a few months or like a year of that it was like started being apparent that I was actually pretty decent at it and um, you know a lot of people started kind of knowing me as like the rat in my high school because I, like, I was like the only one like there was not a single other person in my high school that rapped and even though I was doing it more as a joke it was I was like started getting known as the rapper dude you know huh. and um, so that was like kind of cool and it was it was to me it was like sweet this is something unique that like only I do I mean obviously like there's millions of rappers and stuff but in my little like niche in my neighborhood or whatever there wasn't people doing it so it was unique and it was exciting and then um, I took a creative writing class in high school and I got really into like poetry and stuff and then for like our final project for that class they wanted us to either get like a, some type of like short stories published and, and bound or the other option was to record an audio CD so I opted to do the audio CD and um, you know borrowed like a old mic and went and bought like a four track recorder from the pawn shop or something and, there you go um, you know went and recorded some of this stuff for this class and it was just like super fun and it came out really cool and like my classmates liked it and everything and it was kind of a mix between like poetry and rap like it, I always had a more like rhyming kind of style of poetry than like some of the other creative writing people in my class so my my project kind of almost just came out like a little hip hop EP or something, you know what I mean? And my teacher gave me credit for it and liked it and everything. And uh, at that point, it was just like, this is this is what I want to do now. This is like you know my hobby. And so I started writing my own songs, messing around and just recording them. I didn't really think about anyone hearing them or thinking about uh, you know anything technical. It was just like in my room, like I can't believe I can record my voice. You know what I mean? Like this is crazy. Yeah. And uh, so I just started doing songs like that, and then eventually, like after like a year or two, I had like 
a handful of songs that I liked and I was just like, I'm going to put these on an album and give them to my friends because my friends always want to hear them when they come over. I was like slinging herb at the time and they, uh, you know, people would come over to pick up some stuff from me and they would always be like, let's hear, you know, your new stuff that you're working on, man. You still rap in, let's hear that stuff. And I would just show it to people and they liked it. So I decided to make like a little, a little album and um, then I just, started doing open mic nights and stuff and performing those songs that I had wrote and hitting up like every open mic night in town and that's pretty much how I like got involved in, in doing a project and started kind of making my introduction into the music scene. So what, I, what I like about your story is that you know you know I'm obviously older than you but like it doesn't even matter because it's the same story and it what it is it's just like you know being in your room being stoked to hear your voice, taking yeah. that out, and then more importantly, having the courage, or what not even, maybe it wasn't even courage, just taking that music out of your house, walking into places, and, yeah. and, and talking with people to get your music out there so people could actually go somewhere and touch it and, and hear it, listen to it. And I think that's like, you know, it's just one common theme, you know, with, you know, with, you know, for lack of a better term, like the, the real heads, you know, all have that mm -hmm. in them, which is like, you know, by any means necessary or just like, hey, I want this, the world to hear it. Um, yeah, it's think, crazy you know, to me how much has changed since then, because like a lot of these kids and artists I now don't do that stuff anymore. They don't yeah. really go play open mics and they don't really hit the streets with their demos or anything like that. They just post it on SoundCloud. And, that's it. And they, well, you know what? And they, what they do is they miss out on what happens on the way to the venue, and then they miss yep. out on all the awkward silence that you have to figure out how to deal with, and then they miss yeah. out on the conversations with the sound guy and the person who might buy you a drink, and mm -hmm. the dude who gives you a ride if you need one. And that's how. And once again, you know, a lot of these interviews, and a lot of the people I work with, it's people I've worked with that I've been out and seen in the world pushing their art, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I just big ups to you for that. I, I think that's dope. Let's, um, let's play some more, um, of your music and then we will be back. This is Popular Nobody. My name is Ariano. We'll be back. Welcome to Popular Let's get into Nobody. some early, early work by Burnell Washburn. This is Origami Swans, Salt Lake City, Popular Nobody. Thunderous guns and waiting patiently, breaking beats over backbones. I stand up. 
alone But truly I can use another man to help me land the boat float Through each other's time, no other mind but mine Can read your script and disregard a past that's hard to justify No longer scared of what they say you might do to me Cupid's strings stretch me out, we're tuned beautifully Round two, <laughs> now what can this amount to? Found you with nothing, now I'm running to the fountain's youth Another drink, another drop off the brink Hanging tight but hanging loose to what these other people think Believe intentions are pure, on most sides I'm sure But really what's the point of running from potential hurt? The present tense, I'm happy And if that changes, things will change But I'ma take a shot before I redirect my aim Tell family and friends, worries get us nowhere But I'll take it as a compliment of love Just to know you care I'm over where the folded napkins are stacked back Origami swans with raps written on the back Most of them about you or how you make me feel A lot of homies doubt the truth but I'll defend that this is real Till death do us partly Heartbeats are starting And art form and honesty will constantly departing Upon this horizon, horizons align And above all else, will help the stars start shining again If my pen could capture everything I wouldn't have this nasty habit of depending on a dream Those that I love don't get enough of my time But need to do my rhyme So I'm up disrupting night chimes As the bond broke, sacrifices increase Usually not the type to compromise When I'm on a beat, you came along on the wind song of change and I had to put it in a song I want this to stay as long as I can trust you I promise you can trust me as long as we both rejoice in each other's company touching me abruptly in another city's limit left the pack with one ciggy just so we can spin it like me with the soul for drop the match to hold my hand I'm riding just a holder in my page is what our souls demand Aging or rebirth, it's not always me first Gratitude abandoned to the attitude of feet first Looks that way when I look the other way Never talked about the walk it takes to run this way Understand every welcome with a thank you and peace out Stay true with heart in your home, let's keep a clean house Stay true with heart in your home, let's keep a clean house As duets turn to Uno flow, is forming no warning Storm mountain silence came and swept me off the morning Pouring rain until the sunflowers came If we keep it nurtured, surely we'll stay further than the growing pains The flame burns brighter, dreams meet desires Just to think, meet and use enough to keep me inspired Retired to the futon with lights off and moves on Inside truth, fighting to beside you in my new song Obvious to me, not just wants and needs A lot of leaves turn to breeze when they fall off the trees And temperature is rising, I'm finding inside me Past plus ain't the ones that got me struck It's lightning, frightening is something I can see where they're coming from Under the sun is where we'll be when the thunder's done Passages that hate to pass opportunity Cuddly above the doubt I love you and me I love you and me uh, Cuddly above the doubt I love you uh, And the temperature is rising I'm finding inside me The past plugs ain't the ones that got me struck It's lightning The temperature is rising Finding inside me The past plugs ain't the ones that got me struck It's lightning That was Origami Swans. You're listening to an interview with Burnout Washburn. This is Popular Nobody. Welcome to Popular Nobody. My name is Ariano. I am with the homie, Burnout Washburn. Um, you know, we were talking about, you know, just the process of you, you know, becoming an artist, getting your artist out there. I was, you know, talking earlier about, you know, the fact that I met you out in the world pushing your music. I think, um, you know, the first time I met you was in Colorado. I had, heard, I, I had heard really good things about you from George Life um, um, and, and some artists um, in Salt Lake. What, um, you know, not everybody, you know, even, you know, things have changed now, but even then, you know, 
I think in general, man, there's always that big line that separates artists, and it's the ones who are willing to like get in the car, help, and go and like do the shows. And there's no guarantee of anything. It's that unknown that really stops most people, whether they admit yeah. it or even know it. And so, um, sure. what made what made you go, man? I got some tunes. Um, Obviously, you had been doing local shows, but what made you, you know, make take that next step to travel out and, and push your music? Um, well, actually, speaking of uh, speaking of George Live, he's the man, and he uh, he had already been doing it for a lot longer than I had, and he's already made connections out of state and everything, and he'd been doing some DIY independent touring and things of that nature. So he actually, like, I, you know, I started developing a local buzz to the point where. I had enough of a following to kind of bring something to the table. Like I built up my own following before I even tried to like talk to anyone else in the scene. Like I had, you know, I had consistently a hundred to two hundred fans coming out to see my performances before I even like reached out to any local rapper or anything trying to collaborate with them or you know before I really like thought that's and it that was just like. I just thought that's what I had to do. Like I just thought, okay, no one's gonna even mess with me in any way, shape, or form if I don't already have my own following or you know have something going for me. So I kind of developed a local buzz, and it got to the point where I was able to kind of do other local artists favors by putting them on shows and having them play for my fans and kind of getting more people interested in their stuff. So I kind of developed some like trust and respect locally for that and. One of the dudes that took notice early on was George Life, and he was super cool. And he's always—he's just always been a real dude, like about his art, and he grinds like harder than almost anyone I know. So like, he was—he was doing yeah, all these DIY real, tours. Real quick, real, real quick, I'm gonna—I gotta cut you off. So, um, for for people who are listening to the show, um, I want you guys to check out George Life. Um, George Life is man. I mean, he's. He's everything you're saying. He's just a hard-working dude, um, but also just has has ill music. I'm gonna keep it honest. I ain't talked to George in a minute, but man, um, he is has nothing but love and respect for me. Um, that yeah, dude he's is a good dope. Dude. So so please check out George Life, um, and uh, we're we're gonna be playing some of his music. We got we got to do that as well. So back to what you were saying. Um, you, you built that, yeah, long um, story short, he basically yeah. he basically took me on the road like my first real out of state opportunity was with him. I had done one so, I had done one kind of by myself. I can't even remember how I actually I got it through this dude John Mon. He uh he had like a little residency at this casino in Wendover and Wendover's in Nevada and is right on the Utah border, so it's like uh-huh. It's where everyone from Utah goes to go gambling and stuff because there's no gambling is illegal here. Mm-hmm. So they all go to Wendover, which is like 45 minutes or an hour away to go gamble and stuff. And this local DJ had a uh, had a residency there, I guess, and he invited me and a couple other rappers to come out. And it was a super whack show, um, playing at this like I can't. It was like a strip club, dive bar, bowling alley mixture thing. I don't even know. And uh, that was my first time ever playing out of state, but it was still just like, even though there was like five people there, it was like, oh my god, I'm playing my music outside hey, of the city. This is dude, crazy. And that's, and that's like a great. That's how I think most people's first shows are out of state. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 
like, that's that's great that you feel that you know like that's man i was the same way just stoked to be out of state performing you know what i mean yeah it was crazy person. and i i remember like shortly after that like a few weeks later george life was like hey we're going to do this event in boise and if i remember correctly there was two shows there was like a it was during like a festival type thing so there was it's like a mini wannabe south by southwest type thing that they do in boise and uh i remember that it's actually yeah. it's actually really cool you know what i mean and um, they have different events going on throughout the city so we I, I played one show and george life just took me you know he had no reason to take me like i wasn't bringing anything to the table he just did it out of the kindness of my of his heart and everything like that because he's just that kind of dude and so he i didn't have any fans i didn't know anybody in boise or idaho period um he took me up there we played a show and, and that first night i met like six or seven different people in the boise scene and we hung yeah, out all night and had a great time and you know kind of just built rapport and built some some of my initial relationships on that first night just having fun with people and I didn't think of it back then as like, oh, I'm out networking right now, building connections. I just thought like, holy crap, you know, I can't believe I'm playing music out of state and meeting cool people that do music too. This is the coolest just thing in the world. Just being in the moment. Yeah, and it was just like, this is just like, damn, this is my dream come true. You know what I mean? And then the next day there was like a rail jam um, called the Third Rail Jam put on by this dude, those Timmy Cruz. Those are fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I did uh, those through George, actually. Yeah, they're super cool, and um, they bring out um, like graffiti walls, a bunch of snowboard features like rails and jumps and different things for snowboarders to to jam on and do little competitions on, and and they set up like a little stereo system under a tent next to all the rails. So while the snowboarders are all are doing their thing, they they have some DJ spinning and they do this little um, rap contest where it was like. It wasn't a freestyle battle, but it was a battle in the sense that each artist got to perform one song, and then the top three out of those got to perform one more song later in the day, and then it was based on a crowd reaction, like, make some noise for this artist if you think he was the best, make some noise for that artist if you think he was the best, blah, 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 and the winner got to perform an after party that night at a bar in town, um, and I wasn't even old enough to, to perform it. But I ended up winning that and um, had to sneak into that bar to go perform that. And I think I won like $250 cash or something like that and that like paid for our, our gas and our hotel. And it was just like crazy, like, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't believe uh, that I got some cash for, for doing what I loved. It was like mind blowing and stuff. So it was like way cool to just be, but that wasn't even like the part that was cool. The cool part was just to be out of state, meeting other people that did music too. That kind of opening me up to a new world that I didn't know existed and you know after that it was just basically like I'm addicted to this feeling almost to where I'm just gonna yeah. do anything I possibly can to get out of state and more places and meet more people like this because now I started realizing there's awesome people that are into similar things all over the, the world and I want to go find them you know what I mean Man, there you go. Shit, that's, I, that needs to be on a shirt. There's awesome things all over the world, and I want to go find them. <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how I feel about life, man. Don't um, split the royalties but, on that shirt. Once again, <laughs> if you're riding in the car, on the train, on a walk, on a workout, put one up. Let's turn this up. This is Burnout Washburn. I make stuff. Popular Nobody. Welcome to Popular Nobody.
Much respect to Wake the Flock Up. My name is Ariano. Popular Nobody Podcast, Episode 10. Traveling to me, like, opened my world up in so many ways because I had lived, like, a relatively sheltered life up until that and I didn't travel like a whole lot growing up with my family you know like we went to your typical like Disneyland you know once or twice stuff like that but like I I didn't really get to experience like much outside of my own bubble of thinking and my own perspective and in the Salt Lake Valley which is uh, it's an interesting perspective and being able to travel around like just really opened my eyes up to like so many different cultures and so many like I mean most of my travels have been in America so I haven't really experienced the different cultures as much as I would like to yet but it's still different from state to state in certain little ways Um, um, you know every state has their own little things about them and it was really really cool to like be able to spend time 
with other people that were on the same path as me because growing up like when I first got into music it was like just me like I felt like I was like the only one of my friends that was pursuing it you know what I mean so when I first started traveling and then I'm you're spending all day and all night in a van with people that have the exact same goals as you or really similar you know path yeah. as you and that was really inspiring like some of the best experiences from that have just been the conversations that we've had together and in, in the tour vans and stuff like that but um being able to travel with people that i looked up to for years and really get insight on how they do things and um like for example like one of my first major like cross-country type tours was with abstract rude and so. before that i had done kind of like a few little diy tours on myself and that was the first time like a bigger artist had brought me along with them um on on a serious level and you know where I was direct support and everything like that and it was such a wonderful experience that I want to take back to the world just being able to see how someone like that operates and you know I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with with Abstract Rude but if they're not you know he's a he's a West Coast OG in a lot of ways Absolutely. He, part of, you big, know. Big influence of mine. Yeah, you know, Project Blow, The Good Life, a lot of that stuff. He's always been community involved. He's uh, he's on Rhyme Sayers Entertainment now. Um, he's he's done a lot of things that I look up to. And, and, and Abstract Rude was the direct support opener on that Atmosphere tour. And... It was atmosphere was playing at a smaller venue back then. It was it was kind of before he had blown up out here as much, and uh, so abstract. I saw abstract Root opening, and that's how I like heard of him. And he was like, I thought he was like super dope. You know what I mean? I loved his mm -hmm. set and everything like that. And, um, then after I had built like a local following and started doing decent hip hop shows, then I I got in good with the local promoter, who was who was brought a lot of artists out for years and one of the artists that he would bring out every every couple times a year or whatever was abstract rude so he abrude was coming to play at a local venue called kilby court and he needed an opener so this local promoter put me in touch with him and had me open for him and ab uh watched my set and i believe he was with toki wright and musab and they all watched my set and they all like gave me a ton of props like I was not expecting it it was one of my first times opening for someone that had some credibility and um I was just mind blown that they even watched my performance I was mind blown that they like took the time to like say something to me after and I think we like sat down and smoked a blunt and Ab was like yo man like you're really dope how old are you blah 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 and I was like um I think I was 18 or so 18 or 19 at the time and um he probably thought I was like 14 or something because I look a lot younger than I am. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, I remember he like wanted to get some weed from me or somebody who like felt bad about asking me because he thought I was too young. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so we sat down and we smoked a blunt and we talked and uh, you know he kind of said a few inspiring things, just like keep going, man. Like you got it. Like you know, there's something about your stuff. Like just keep doing it. You know. And I was like, I left that really inspired, and then. Um, you know several months later he was coming back and he messaged me like this super long message on myspace and he was like hey man 
just I was like listening to your last little thing that you released. It's really dope. Blah blah blah. Like I, I think you have it. Whatever whatever it is, you have it. Um, you know, like keep grinding. Like eventually, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll come on tour with me someday. And I was like, holy shit. You know what I mean? And he was like, you know, not to compare you or anything, but I think you're on, you know, like one of the next like slugs slash ideas slash greaves slash, and not to compare you to their art but I think you're on like have capabilities of being on that kind of a level and I was like it was really inspiring for me at the time like at the time like that meant a lot to me just because of how you know Ab's history and how much I looked up to him and liked his art that I was just like really inspired so I just went super hard and I basically like quit my job at that point and decided I was going to do art full time and just make music as hard as I could and get it out there. And my aunt told me something. My aunt like said one little comment. I don't even know if she remembers making it to me, but she said, uh, if you love something in life, you got to go for it, put all your passion into it and the money will come somehow. Don't worry about the money. You know, you'll find a way to pay your bills if you just follow your passion. And you know, that's like a pretty cliche thing to say or whatever, but it like stuck with me and it resonated with me and I, I took it to heart and quit my job and started going really hard and so then when Ab came back to town the next time I opened up for him again and he he thought I had improved a lot since the last time he saw me and so at that point he was like yo let's kick it and we kicked it after the show and talked and stuff like that and then he was like yeah man I want to probably bring you on tour with me sometime so that was super cool. He ends up taking me on like a 30 city tour across the country. And I just learned so much. It, it made me grow exponentially as a person and as an artist. Like they always say, if you want to get better at something that you should hang out with people that are better at it than you, you know, like if you're, I'll take a skateboarding for example, because that's kind of my background is like when you're skateboarding, with a, with a group of friends and you're the best skateboarder in the group, you can yeah. comfortably do the tricks that you know and impress them and feel cool about it. You know what I mean? But if you're skateboarding with a bunch of people that are way better than you, you have to push yourself to, to your limits in order to yeah. even feel like you deserve to be with them in that group. You know what I mean? You have to, to try stuff you wouldn't normally try if you were just the best in the group and pressing your friends doing easy stuff you know so like to me it, it just helped me grow so much you know back to to your question and how it how traveling really shaped who I am today and I really think just being around people that were better than me that had you know years and years more experience performing than I did um, was huge for me um, and Ab was the type of guy he's really constructive if he cares about you and if you're like you know like part of his crew or whatever he's gonna give you real constructive criticism and feedback every night and then you know sometimes he's kind of harsh with it even and like I think that was really good for me because he would if I did something whack on stage he would call me out after my set and we'd be we'd be kicking in he'd be like yo dog I, I really like that you did this that was dope when you did that you know but yo dude don't ever do this again I don't want to ever see you do this you know he would name some random thing like like I used to be like, when I say abstract, y'all say rude. You know what I mean? And he's like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, cause he, cause, and you know, cause he does it in his set. So then it sounds yeah. whack. Or like he said, you know, he he taught me certain little things that take other take some people longer to catch on to. So I feel like I was blessed with just some little insights and tips from him and seeing totally. how he 
seen how he operates with promoters and how he talks to the agents and how he talks to the venue and how he talks to the sound engineer and you know like the little things that he does to keep his relationships good with all these different people that are kind of crucial to him doing what he wants to do um not in not in a just like fake way but in a in a in a genuine way being diplomatic in a sense that like when you roll into the venue you got to treat these people super well you got to say thank you you got to be on top of your game you know like we can't show up late and just be like getting drunk and doing whatever we want like we need to be trying to be professional about this and showing them respect cuz a lot of them are putting up their personal money to pay us or you know they're going up to bat taking a risk hoping that some people come to the show tonight so they don't lose money or something you know so i kind of learned some like behind the scenes stuff that I, may have taken me longer to catch on to had i not traveled with people like that and i just really think like just getting out there and seeing how different scenes do it really helped me bring a lot back to my community because there wasn't sure. as many shows going on here and stuff like that and I saw like what I liked about different shows and that kind of led me to start like the the hip hop roots thing that I was doing for a long time here and bringing the different elements of hip hop culture together and bringing the community together for the sake of art and stuff. I think all of that was just really a product of my travels. I know that was like a super long rambling answer but no no man no that's what I mean that's what this that's what the show's about. I mean, I think the shortest show we've had is an hour. Uh, longest one we've, we've had is about two. And we usually go about an hour and a half because it's just like, you can't get to know somebody in a sound bite and you, you know, you can't really get to know somebody in, you know. Yeah, I like that, seconds, that, so. that podcast you did with, uh, with A plus from Hieroglyphics. I mean, I know Plea too, you know what I mean? Personally. Yeah. Um, but just sitting hearing you guys talk for that long and hearing him kind of go off on a few tangents here and there is actually really insightful and entertaining in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I mean it's you know that's everybody's got a story, man, and you, you know you can't tell the story in in, in twenty minutes, you know. Um, what um you know what do you so you know you get those. I think it was really key, you know, bringing, you know, you get these different experiences and then like kind of bringing those back home and, you know, um, you know, bringing that energy and, and some of that back to your city. Um, what, where, you know, is, is being on the road something that, you know, I know that you, you know, you recently, uh, like, I know you're a dad, you've got a, a two-year-old daughter, right? Almost two, Almost two years old. Um, how how do you find the balance with being able to stay out there with your art and also be a dad? Um, well, that's a great question. I'm, I'm glad you asked that. So uh, basically, when I found out I was having a kid, I thought my life was over. You know what I mean? Like it was it was definitely unintentional. Um, I thought I was too young, which I mean, I'm, I really wasn't, but I thought I was too young to be, you know, having one because I found out when I was 23, coming on 24, um, you know, I found out I was having a kid and I, my music was just starting to finally like work out. Like I was finally able to go tour and come back with more money in my pocket than I left with, which was crazy to me because my first, yeah. my first like half a dozen to a dozen tours, like 
just put me in the hole. Like I wasn't getting paid anything for any of the shows, spending all my own money for travel expenses, sleeping on floors, eating top of ramen or gas station food or whatever I could get. Um, and then it, it finally started working out and I was like so stoked on it. And then I find out I'm having a kid and it was like earth shattering. Like I thought, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do my art anymore. I thought I'm going to have to give up and go get a real job because the music isn't always consistent as I'm sure you're, you know, very familiar with. And, uh, I, I basically just thought I was going to have to stop because, you know, it wasn't an option for me to not be a good dad. Obviously it was just like, I'm going to step up and, and do this, even though this is totally surprised and not what anything I wanted. It's, it's a human life that I'm going to take care of regardless. And, you know, I'm, I'll go get a, I'll stop doing music and go get a job if I have to. So I, that's the terms I was thinking on first. And then I had a little bit of time to think and it really started like crushing my soul to think about stopping. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, no, I can't stop. Like, that's who I am just because I have to be responsible and be a dad now does not mean that's okay for me to, to quit my art. For me personally, you know, I respect I other people if they, if they have to do that or, you know, if that's the best thing for them and their family. But for me, it was like, I don't think I'm going to actually be a good dad if I'm not fulfilled and happy within myself and what I'm doing. So yeah. <laughs> then it dawned on me, like, giving up on my art was not an option and I was going to have to to work 10 times harder to make it both work. I was like, I'll have to do whatever I had to do to be responsible and be there for my daughter. And I'm going to have to do whatever I've got to do to get my music out there too. Cause they're both, you know, the two most important things in the world to me pretty much. You know what I mean? And obviously if it came down to, to supporting one or the other, my daughter would always win. But, um, I just was like, I started thinking about it and I thought about, you know, a list of like my favorite rappers at the time. And almost all of them, like nine out of ten of them, were were dads. And nine out of ten of them had children. Why they were still trying to become successful at music? And, you know, it's not like they had them once they were already rich and famous most of the time. So it was. Uh, I was like, wow, you know, if these guys can do it, still make it, then I I can do this too. You know what I mean? So that was really inspiring. And I was just like, hey, I'm gonna work ten times harder and make this happen. But at the exact same time. I had started kind of falling out of love with the touring and I started getting a little bit bitter and jaded about playing the same dive bars over and over again just for the same other rappers and people in the hip hop scene and I had, you know, small little followings in certain cities but nothing like major to where like it's not like there was a crowd of people screaming my lyrics in every city, you know what I mean? So it was like I started getting kind of like I don't really like I don't feel like this is working now, or or if it does, it's going to take a long ass time for these DIY tours to produce enough of a following where I can just like you know comfortably go out and play shows wherever and have good turnouts and make money and everything. Um, so I basically like didn't want to go do all these DIY tours, and I've done a few since then, and I've been like, this isn't really my scene. Like I don't. Like, I don't like being at a dive bar at one o'clock at night waiting to perform for, for 10 other rappers and, um, staying up all night partying and driving 10 hours the next day. Like, sometimes I really do you like that, but I'm, you know, that's not the ideal lifestyle for me 100% of the time. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, man, I, I, um, uh, I, I, I can identify with that. Um, 
I, um, for me, I, I was able to, you know, make a living, thankfully, off of, you know, producing and writing and, and different ways with the music. And I, um, the, as far as like the quote unquote underground shows, Mm-hmm. It was just like I got to a point where it's like, yo, dude, like my kids at home, yeah, like, like, um, and I can understand where my intensity would come off like an asshole. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck you, pay me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah, I remember just like this last time I played in Vegas, like a, it was just a few months ago. I was playing a show down in Las Vegas, and I remember uh, feeling like. Damn, I'm at this show right now, like supposedly living the dream, and like I'll just kill it, kill to just go home and kick it with my daughter right now. I don't even want to yeah. play this set right now. And at that point, yeah. I started realizing, like, damn, if I'm not out here having the time of my life, then why am I out here? Why am I going to be away from my daughter if I'm not, you know, yeah. having just like the most fulfilling, amazing feelings ever, and being able to come back, recharge, and reset? Um, so. Then it dawned on me that most of the people that are succeeding in music right now are first developing their following online. And I kind of came in at a time where like online was starting to just pop off, but it was still, I was still taking like the more of an old school, like hitting the street street team type of approach. Yeah. And then I, I started realizing like there's all these cats that they don't do all these DIY tours anymore for 10 years until they have a following in any given city. like. They make videos and they promote content online and then they have these big fan bases so they go to a city for their first time and there's a couple thousand people there that know their lyrics and I was like wow that is crazy that's so cool that you can do that with the internet now and it dawned on me that like I can be at home with my daughter and be there for her full time like I'm a stay at home dad my baby's mama works five days a week all day and I stay at home with my daughter and it enables me to sit there and and hone my craft and try to make my art better and it really got me back to a point where I'm focused more on making good art that feels good to myself rather than trying to do strategic moves that I think are going to propel me forward or make me more successful or what have you it's not just like I'm going to do art that feels good to me I'm going to put it out on the internet if people like it and I find better ways to market it and promote it, then I will be able to go tour again and the touring will be more fulfilling at that point because I'll be playing for my fans rather than playing for other rappers trying to get them into my stuff type, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and you're an artist too, you know what I mean? And you like all different styles of music. And so um, I was telling like, I, I say this a lot, like don't let those underground shows kill you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, and, and, and it's, and people could be like, well, what are you talking about? It has nothing to do with like, I'm not shitting on anybody, but it's yeah. just like a, a lot of that is that real underground mentality. And, and with shows, less is more. You know what I'm saying? Because if you really do the is. right four shows, it's way better than doing 40 shows. And like, I watch, well, I, agree I, watch I watch homies who are really super, Super. I mean, yeah, they work hard, but they, you know, it's they they will work themselves into the ground, and and then and then it's like people want to make you feel guilty, like 
well, you're supposed to do it for the love. It's just like, well, I yeah. think the love has been established. So I think that like, <laughs> when it, and it's like the universe rewards you when you're willing to like, cause like the MC in me feels like I should have a show every night. Cause I gotta let mm -hmm. people know what's up. <laughs> that yeah. whole thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then, but it's just like, you know, um, when the universe rewards you and you, if you're willing to be scared and then and then before you know it you get like a couple of shows that are out of that and yeah, it's for like example, okay like, uh, here you go you know yeah man it, that's like the biggest thing i did that shot myself in the foot and it really kind of killed my following for a while well it's just playing too many shows because you develop a yep. buzz in a, in a place like salt lake and everyone's trying to throw shows and everyone wants like the who's who of salt lake on their shows so the same 10 15 artists get booked on every show and i was saying yes to every single opportunity that came my way most of them weren't even paying gigs most of the time i was just stoked to go perform i always wanted to perform it felt weird if i went a week without doing a set um and so I was just constantly doing all these shows and it started getting to the point where it's like, you know, supply and demand, there's, there's a lot more supply than there was demand. And so my turnout started falling off and, you know, not as many people were coming out to them. And then having a kid was really a blessing in disguise because it enabled me to step back and think about like, what am I doing that's not working? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, no disrespect to anyone, but I don't want to be, 45 playing in dive bars for the same crowd of 10 other rappers anymore like that's just not where i see myself and you know i agree uh, i agree you know to some people that lifestyle might be like totally fun and awesome but for me it was like i really want to connect with fans that resonate with my music and play like awesome shows because you know you know it just feels good when you're playing a show for like your fan rather than trying to play a show for a crowd that's never heard you um so I like, I took a step back and realized like, okay, I need to play less shows, I need to do more on the internet, and I need to only take like the bigger, better shows. Not necessarily like in terms of who I'm playing with or the numbers of people there, but playing shows that I, that resonate with me, that I feel like are kind of like along in alignment with the path that I'm trying to go down. So I started doing less shows and it's been, super great like i've been loving it because it's like i have more fun when i do a show because i'm not doing them all the time and i'm not getting let down by yeah. shitty turnouts all the time well you can and then you can build your bar back up too you know because it's yeah. just like like you you know i i mean it's uh i probably said this before but it's just like there's got to be some mystique man you know and to say like i get it um like especially like as an artist you want people to know you're working hard because because you're that feeling like people don't get it so like yeah, you want I, I prided like, myself in working super hard for a long time and now i'm not now i i'll proudly tell people like yo i don't work very hard i just work smart yeah no i'm, I'm right there with you man i'll um, be okay. back we will uh wrap this up talk about what you're up to now and what we can expect from you in the future Perfect. Let's get into a remix produced by Burnell Washburn by Alyssa Cara called My Song.
Washburn. Welcome to Popular Nobody. I'm really stoked on on your trajectory, uh, and I think like your approach on being a dad and an artist is, man, like it's only gonna like make you a better father and a better artist. And, and hats off to you for like not being afraid. You know Thank what I'm saying? You. Because. Thank uh, yeah, it's just, you know, all those, and it's, you know, it's natural to be afraid, I think. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't say I'm not afraid, you know what I mean? Like, I am afraid, you know what I mean? Which is, yeah, we're not I think it's important to be afraid. You. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you take, you feel the fear and you go for it anyway, you know what I mean? There you go. Yeah, that's true, because I'm afraid all the time. You know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I actually uh, read a book the other day that was talking about the concept of fear in, in regard to uh, creativity, and it said if you're... The more scared you are to do something in life, the more likely it is that you need that thing in order to propel <laughs> your growth. Truth. Ain't that the truth. Ain't that the truth. I mean, that's how it's been with family for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's, it's very, very true, man. Um, what are you, you know, with that being said, it's 2016. Um, you know, I know that you kind of just, kind of just spoke on your approach and stuff, but as far as like, you know, what, what can people expect from you? We're, you know, we're going to be playing, you know, a lot of your catalog. We will have played a lot of your catalog throughout this show. Um, what can people expect from you musically and just from your art in general? Uh, well, musically, people can expect to expect the unexpected, really. Um, basically, if you've heard all, if you've heard my catalog and you didn't like any of it, that's totally fine give the new stuff a chance because it's a lot different honestly like my influences have changed so much my way of life and my lifestyle and just like my personal growth has uh, excelled to a different level to where I'm like back in it's like almost like I had to take steps back to where I was when I first started because when I first started I was really just doing it for the love and I never even considered of uh, uh what anyone's reactions would be to my art or what people would think or what they wanted to hear or anything like that. And so now I've really gotten back into a place of kind of scratching my own itch and making the stuff that I just want to hear because it sounds cool to me and not really caring about trying to fit in with any styles or people's molds of what they think hip hop should and shouldn't be. And um, basically just like switch it up my styles. Like if I were to explain like the new stuff I'm working on, I would say it's, it's more like swaggy sounding, like even though I hate that that term and stuff, but uh, it's more of a like new school type of sounding production as far as like sub bass and um, you know rolling hi hats and yeah, you know, just yeah. like more of a current production style. Because a long time I was yeah. like making more mostly like old school boom bap type stuff, and now it's like transitioned into a more of a new school sound. But what I, I it's like. I, I listen to the mainstream radio, you know, fairly regularly or whatever, and I really genuinely enjoy a lot of the production, and I enjoy a lot of the cadences and the deliveries of some of these, like, super popular artists, whether it be Drake or J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar or uh, even, like, Rihanna and some of these other pop artists and stuff. I, I enjoy their work, but it still doesn't fulfill a certain little thing and maybe it's partially to do with their content and what they're talking about because a lot of times it's like a little more shallow than um than what i'm interested in 
so the production will be amazing. Like, and I feel you like um, that that new Rihanna album. I'm not even a Rihanna fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I peep out. You know, songwriting, production. Man, there's a gang of people working on her shit. But production yeah, is dope. Then, a lot of that production. Yeah, I mean, like insane. Sia writes a lot of her lyrics, and Sia's yeah. a super talented songwriter. Um, yeah. You know, like some of the producers that work with her, such as like. Um, there's a dude named Deputy. Um, he produced that bitch better have my money beat. Um, he produced yeah. a bunch of beats for her. And yeah, I've been really like inspired by his style of production. And uh, so I'm kind of trying to blend like some of what I like about that new school kind of trappy style of production, mixing it with a little bit of the old boom bap flavors that I grew up on and like the soul samples and the drum breaks, um, mixing some of that up and then trying to just just be true to myself and talk about what's like really going on in my life like I have a new song that I just talk about like exercise and shit because it's like even though you know there might not be a lot of people in hip-hop that necessarily want to hear someone talk about exercise but I don't care because that's like what's really going on I wake up every day and I work out and that's a big part of my life so you know I got yep. a song talking Man. about that and no, man, I, man, Kendrick has been a great example. I mean, you know, there's a lot of artists, man. Being yourself, man, no, nothing is better than being yourself, you know? Um, exactly. And so, you know. And that's why I, I like Kendrick, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't try to copy any other styles. Like, he's, like people try to copy his style, you know what I mean? He's. I, I think um, my, my boy said this to me years ago, and it's just like the illest shit. And he's like, dude, just incorporate your influences correctly. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. Because it's true. Like, I just, yeah, I mean, you, especially with the production, it's like, I like taking, like, a familiar little, I like taking, like, maybe one little sound that's familiar to the current ear palette and mm -hmm. throwing it in there because that's, like, a color that people like looking at right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you now you can get all, like, that's not, what is this high... And what is this snare? And it's not all. And it's just like yo, it's a feeling that people are feeling right now. Now, how? It, now it's right. about you showing them how you feel it and just incorporating yeah. yourself into that. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it's dope. Exactly. It's, I, when you say you know, I, I like how you said you know, almost taking steps back to that place. Um, mm -hmm. Being that kid again with crayon. Yeah. Being that being that kid. Um, in his room, left to his own devices, you know? And like, I, exactly. I completely am like, you know, like the older I get, the more I want to return to that. Because yeah, that and I think um, to segue back to what feeling. we were just talking about is I think, you know, having a kid has actually helped me become more of a kid again myself, you know, even though Remembering that. my daughter's not even two yet, so she hasn't even fully developed, you know, like a lot of the personality that she will in the coming years, but it got me to the point where it's like she can she's so happy on doing the most random little things and just she's truly in the moment and she hasn't been programmed by society yet to ruin that like spark about her soul and like that uh has really reminded me of like what's important and just like living in the moment and stuff as cliche as it is it's just like that really is one of the biggest keys to life and I've constantly been like I'm always a future driven person like I'm always working towards my future and trying to progress because I think progression is like one of the biggest keys to happiness you know the more I'm growing the happier I usually am but 
um, living in the moment is just so key and and being just having fun like a kid again and like some of yeah. the songs I've been making lately have just been like just fun like I don't care if anyone likes them or if I ever even release them or not it's just like if I'm having fun making them then I'm already successful right there there you go that's great man um, I, I think it's uh, man, if you're at that place then uh, man that's just you're where you need to be um, now I really appreciate your time um, this has been you know you know, we've heard a lot of stories about Brooklyn. Um, I think we need more stories from Salt Lake. I think we need more stories from Boise, Idaho. You know, we need mm -hmm. more stories from, you know, Santa Fe, New Mexico, wherever. So I, I Yeah, because you know, all these cities, like, you know, we were all inspired by Brooklyn. We were all inspired by L.A. and stuff like that. And this is the product of that inspiration. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting to see, like, if you listen to... Uh, like I listened to my influences like early on, like Atmosphere was a big influence for me. They're not as much anymore. I don't really listen to their stuff a whole lot anymore these days, but back in the day, you know, listening to them and, and it's like, it's interesting to see how like Slug from Atmosphere, some of his biggest influences were Big Daddy Kane, um, LL Cool J, stuff like that. And you look at how different his music came out compared to his influences and so now it's yeah. like these kids are growing up being influenced by atmosphere or maybe they're being influenced by Fetty Wap now or whoever is current now and it's yeah. just interesting to see you know where that inspiration is going to lead to because it's like you get a bunch of people copying the sounds and trying to make the exact same stuff but then you get like years later you kind of see the, the product of where that inspiration led and I think uh, a lot of these smaller cities like you mentioned like Salt Lake and Boise, Idaho and stuff I think there's going to be a lot of cool stories coming out of there in the coming years Absolutely man uh, big ups to Salt Lake big ups to Utah um, big ups to George Life um, maybe this can be a bridge for he and I linking up at some point and me being able to interview him as well much respect to everybody who takes the time to give a fuck much respect to everybody you know who is afraid like you said but doesn't let that debilitate them um, you know I just appreciate everybody who's taking the time to listen thank you to Wake the Flock Up Network thank you to iHeartRadio um, and thank you once again for being on the show man um, and we gotta let's work yeah, on man. some more tunes man uh, let's do it send me over some tracks I'll lay some hooks send them back do whatever you want with them man let's just get it out to the world word man I got some stuff I've been working on that's uh, right up your alley so I'll definitely send that your way and yeah man thank you again for having me on the on the podcast I really appreciate it it's, a, it's an honor to be uh, able to to be a part of the conversation that's ongoing that you're having with all these uh brilliant different artists and stuff so thank you again and uh definitely look forward to building some more with you in the coming year likewise this is popular nobody like i always say i appreciate everybody who took the time to listen to this podcast this is popular nobody much respect to concept 714 wake the flock up network please stay tuned like i said we're going to be having some good reformats some good changes some new guests we're going to stay consistent with the episodes my name is Ariano this is Popular Nobody this is episode 10 let's end this off 
with one of my new favorite artists, man. I talk about him. Isaiah Rashad. Welcome to Popular Nobody. TDE. We don't care. This one's called famous. Smile. Yeah. Just make sure Let's what go. you For the black, they feel like Kevin and Robin and Rock, I'm in Tiggy and 40 be quiet. Niggas recording, you wanna talk with the dub and I'm housing that bitch. Bleed it to death, feed all my niggas, then leave it to death. I been so good with this shit, do you live it to die? All them niggas bereaving your steps. Uh, uh, mama, I just wanna shine. Pussy ass nigga, gon' lean on the breath. Nigga, I woke up this morning, feeling like I don't be needing myself. I'ma get bigger than who kid? Who can go harder than Mac? Put that lasagna in my back. I'ma go harder though, I'ma go harder though Look at the murder goat Smoking the artichoke Did what you want it, ain't did what you want it They dissing the Carter folk I'ma flip me a bitch in the morning, no I'ma flip me a bitch in the morning, no I'ma flip me a bitch when my partners talk shit with my niggas Ain't this why we in it, ain't this why we did it made it back home Pocket full of money, goddamn Them niggas might smile when they see them Nigga made it back home Pocket full of money, goddamn Them niggas might smile when they see them I can't help but Kick my feet up Call my kinfolk Dow, what you doing? Where we going? To the emerald She ain't worth shit Trying to serve me papers And suck my dick Trying to take my son Bitch, you ain't worth rocks Let me ease my mind Let me kill my lungs I don't know your name I forgot that shit I'm for real four times Yeah, I won't lose my grip Before I turn Cobain It look good next year Yeah when I listen to the deacon said, I'm pulling over. I've been praying with a reaper head. Yeah, in the valley, meditating. Where you going? Can you take me? My nigga just made it back home. Pocket full of money, goddamn. Them niggas might smile when they see him. Nigga made it back home. Pocket full of money, goddamn. Them niggas might smile when they see him. I can't help but kick my feet up. Call my kinfolk. Doubt what you doing, where we going? To the hero. Kick my feet up, call my careful. Doubt what you doing, where we going? To the heroes, come on, woman. Welcome to Popular Nobody. We don't care if you're famous, just make sure what you create is fly as fuck. You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network. 